This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club. My name is Bex and this week we're chatting to the author Eve McDonnell about her brand new book Else Time. So let's kick it off, shall we? So I'm joined down the line by the author Eve McDonnell. You've got a brand new book out called Else Time. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bex. And I am delighted to be here on Fun Kids Radio. Thank you very much. Now, I have been looking at you. I've been eyeing up your book, I would say, because uh, because it <laughs> intrigues me. Your story is is a bit different. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your characters? You've got Glory, you've got Needle. Tell us a bit about what's going on in your book. I'll tell you a little, I'll give you a little idea, a little feeling for it. It's basically a time travel story that's set way back in 1864 and 1928, so way in the past. Um, but it's inspired by a real life tragic event, which is the Great Flood of London in 1928. Um, so in 1864 lives a little boy called Needle Luckett. Now he's a mudlark. Um, some of your listeners might know what a mudlark is. It's a boy who earns a living by digging treasures from the river. Now he calls it schmocking, which is uh, a word, a sound that he hears when he pulls treasure from the mud. You have to kind of pop your lips open when you do the end bit, schmocking. But when he touches a newfound treasure, Needle can tell its story by holding it in the palm of his hand. And the colder it feels, the older it is. But then one day he finds something that is really peculiar. It's hot treasure. So he discovers eventually that it's it's from the future. Um, so it warns him of a big flood that's going to happen in 1928. And that's 64 years away um, from his time. So he ends up following his mysterious pet crow and discovers that the crow not only goes elsewhere, but she also flies to else time way off to 1928, where he finds himself face to face with a totally gutsy yet painfully impatient Gloria Bobbin. Um, now, Gloria is a Judas apprentice um, and she's struggling to keep up with her hard-nosed taskmaster, Mrs. Quick. But together, they need to warn of the Great Flood before it's way too late. I barely feel like I need to ask you any more questions because you've really covered quite a lot there. I love it. This is You're doing my job for me. This is fantastic. Well, hey, Bex, we can always just recap. <laughs> <laughs> Now I have to I have to ask um I'd never heard, I, I I love history but I've never heard of the great flood of London is that a real thing it is an absolute real thing and it's quite unusual um I think in that you know it was a massive tragedy that hit uh, London um in 1928 and it's actually the last major flood that hit the city now, of course today we have the great uh, Thames flood barrier to prevent that from ever happening again but uh, back then there was uh, no such thing. So it was quite a big event back in those days. It's, it's fascinating <laughs> that you've tied together history and time travel. Does it make it easier or harder when you are able to write about time travel so you can write pretty much anything and any time you would like in the world? I think um, it's so uh, wonderful to be able to bring yourself to any time and um, any place in the world with time travel. I mean, it's the most wonderful technique. So it's it's a fantastic way to be able to jump around and play with what's happened in the past. It makes history so much more fun. I think you've done such a good job of it with this book, though. You've really created a lovely, um, like a time traveling kind of slightly sci-fi, but like also historic. You've basically covered all the genres there, haven't you? You've done a very good job of getting all of them in one book. <laughs> 
And I also had a huge amount of fun. Um, there's a certain thing that um, I must mention to you. The town itself that the book is based in is called Indington, which of course is based on London, uh, but I renamed it as a fictional town. This is the fun part of writing a story. And the name, um, I had to kind of think what would be a good name for this town. I knew it was going to, the town was full of sort of fashionable shops. Um, it was in the 1920s, which is a time where people used to go to these wild flapper parties. So I could picture all these wonderful people with headbands and feathers sticking out and fantastic long jewellery and floaty dresses. Um, and I thought, what could I call it? And then I remembered my mum, who was an absolute fashionista. She used to look at the bee's knees all of the time. She used to say to me, um, oh, I got this new dress and it's the in thing. So she kept saying everything was the in thing. So I thought, what a perfect name for the town, Indington. Um, and then I took it a little step further. And this is great if any of your, your listeners are into writing. Um, I had, I had to come up with character names and I had to come up with place names and um, street names. And so what I did was I took the theme of fashion or sewing and I actually used that to come up with my name. So we have Needle, we have Glory Bobbin, we have Islet Bridge, um, we have the River Notion. That's also a sewing term and so forth. And Broidery Key, there's loads of them. So I hope your readers have fun trying to find more in the book. There's plenty to find. Oh, I love that story so much. That's great. And also, I have to ask, why did you pick a crow to be the time traveller? Why did you pick the crow to kind of have the uh, the key to everything? Yeah, I have a, a little story to tell you on that. I am a complete nutter when it comes to birds in my garden. I spend more money on bird nuts and bird seeds than I do on my children. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I noticed that we had a couple of crows that would visit um, every single day. And they, you know, most of my birds are tiny, little robins and wrens and so forth. So these two crows stood out like sore thumbs. They're hooded crows. Um, I know they're not really very, very common in all parts of the UK, but they're basically a crow that's grey and black. And they are quite majestic looking in comparison to all the other birds. But these two crows were visiting every day. And I started to notice when I went out each morning as part of my daily routine to feed them that, um, you know, the, the, the feeders, just below the feeders, I would find a little gift. And it started off with little shards of metal and shards of glass. And uh, I thought, I'm imagining this because I keep the area very clean. Obviously, you need to if you're feeding your birds every day. And I started to keep them. And uh, day after day, OK, some days there'd be nothing. But other days I'd find maybe a little piece of pottery. Strangely now, most of these were angular in shape. And if you read the book, this will um, play a part in the story. But after a while, I started to get these really random things, uh, one of which was a tiny little Spider-Man head um, and also a little button and little things like that. And I thought, am I imagining this? I really, have I gone too far? <laughs> um, so I, I went to the Google machine, got onto Google and Googled crows leaving gifts. And it's actually a thing where they will bring people little gifts in turn for seeds and nuts. And I thought, well, whatever happens in this story, this is going to be a huge inspiration for me. So we have in the story, we ha we do have a crow. She plays a very special part and her name is Magpie, which you might think is a bit odd, but uh, she's a bit of a thief um, and she likes sparkly things. And uh, of course, magpies are rumoured to, um, to do such things. So I thought, what a perfect name for a crow. I am thrilled I asked that question. What a great answer. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> I also found out that you were encouraged to write by a fortune teller. Is that right? I was, yes. I'm an artist by trade, actually. When I 
finished school, um, I actually, I won a competition in Ireland um, uh, when I was quite young. I think I was 11, which might be um, the age of a lot of your, your listeners. And uh, it kind of spurred me, put me down a path where, you know, all of a sudden I was going to become an artist when I grew up. So I did go to art college and, and uh, I pursued a career in graphic design, which was fantastic fun designing new packaging and things like that for people. Um, and I was quite used to looking at a blank canvas, as you can imagine. Um, but it never occurred to me that maybe I should try to write, even though I really enjoyed it. And flash forward many, many, many years, I'm not that old, but many years, um, I went to see a fortune teller, um, a wonderful lady um, called Alice. And uh, in the middle of a chat about something or nothing, she just starts to shriek at me. <laughs> right, 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 she kept saying. So she was put, kind of staring at my hand where I was taking notes and she kept saying, right, right, right. So I wrote down, right, right, right. I took it home and I said, okay, maybe I'm supposed to write about my worries or my uh, thoughts or whatever. And I opened up my laptop and I, I took, put a blank page and I started to write um, something quite boring. And, you know, after about 10 minutes, I thought, oh, you know, I need to do something else. This is too boring. Opened up a new page and I started to write a children's story for the very first time. And I can't even explain to you that moment where, you know, I'd spent many years trying to figure out what it was I wanted to grow up. Now, I was well grown up at this stage, but I was still looking for that thing. And I thought, my goodness, this is what I should be doing. So I was absolutely thrilled to bits to have finally found what it was I needed to do. And I haven't stopped ever since. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you uh, you took the advice. Um, that is that is a lovely old story. We should say Else Time is going to be out very soon. But uh, will we be expecting a second book in the series? Or are you thinking of something else now? <sighs> Oh, well, I've actually started something else completely and I'm, uh, I have to say, I'm very excited about it. Um, I can't tell you much. <laughs> we'll have to keep that for another interview. But in terms of a sequel, I mean, yet there's there's really scope for a sequel um, without giving away too much of the story. Um, as you can imagine, once you have learned how to time travel, um, I think it would be very, very difficult for a needle and glory to not do it again. Don't you agree? Uh, Eve, I have a quick fire round of questions to do with you right now, if that's okay. Fire away. Absolutely. Lovely stuff. All right. So first up, pretty easy, books or Kindles? <gasps> oh, I have to say books. Everyone does. Uh, next up, heroes or villains? Eee. Ah. Oh, I think heroes. I'm a bit of a wimp. Don't like, I don't like uh, villains, so they can stay away. No, we go, we'll go for heroes. <laughs> Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, could we have both? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, I have to say film, I think, at the end of the day. All right, I'll give you that. Painting or writing? <gasps> How cruel are you? Oh, my gosh. That's like telling me I have to choose between my twins. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say writing. Sorry, paintbrushes. All right, well, I won't ask you which one of your twins to pick. Don't worry, that's fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's on Narnia? Oh, Hogwarts, I think. Laptop or right by hand? Oh, laptop. Definitely. I love my laptop. Needle or glory? Oh, no way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ah, now, let me think. I won't think for too long, but let me think. I'll have to say, do you know, I have to say needle because uh, some people consider this a glory book. Others say it's a needle book, but more people say else times a glory book. Um, but to me, I think Needle uh, was with me from the beginning. So I'm going to say Needle. 
Sorry, Glory. Good, uh, good answer there. I was, I was interested to see where you were going to go with it. Uh, do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? I write uh, during school hours, actually. So uh, now that the kids are back to school uh, for the first time in five and a half months, um, I am looking forward to getting really back into it. But up until now, it's been every spare minute I can catch. <laughs> every little scrap of time, I imagine. Uh, next up is mm. Paddington or Winnie the Pooh? Oh, uh, Winnie. Winnie. And finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Da, da, da. I'm going to say <laughs> salt and vinegar. Yes, oh, that unless, is the correct of course, answer. Unless, of course, though, Bex, you are in Ireland and you happen to get your hands on a packet of tato crisps with um, some Brennan's bread and make yourself a crisp sandwich. Kind of nice. I mean, if you're going to bring Tato's into it, that's a whole new dimension into that question, isn't it, really? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, you passed my quick fire round of questions with flying colours. Uh, I will I will allow it, even though you've, a, you've got a crisp sandwich. That's blown my mind into the whole situation. Um, I'll have to deal with that separately. Hungry! Uh, McDonald, thank you so much. And we should say... We should say Elle's Time is out right now and it's a beautiful cover, wonderful book and everybody should go and grab it. Thank you very much, Bex. I've had a great time. Thank you. Lovely stuff and there's more from Eve after this. Now on the podcast, we have a very special section where we find out about our author's favourite childhood books. So let's go for it, shall we? Let's find out what Eve's favourite childhood book was. So now it's time for a little Easter egg on the podcast. We get to find out what our author's favourite childhood book was. Uh, So Eve, can you tell me what you've picked? Well, this was actually easy for me. Um, I have picked The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Now, here's the thing. I've seen the film. We've all seen the film. But what makes it better or different Mm. from the book? Oh, well, now, let me say, the only way I can explain this is imagine if you walked into a sweet shop, your favourite shop that you've visited several times, um, and it's the best sweet shop you've ever been in, in, in your life. And then one day you go in and you discover a hidden doorway to another room filled with delicious sweets, and then another room, and then another room. Um, and that feeling is what you would get if you watch the film first and then read the book because the book has so much more more adventure more excitement than the film although i have to say it is my all-time favorite film it is a brilliant film but the book is like taking your favorite thing and just multiplying it and multiplying it and multiplying it so absolutely i'd recommend to anybody who enjoyed the film to pick up the book Oh my goodness. So you've given us quite an amazing uh, example of why we should read it there. Uh, For anybody who hasn't seen the film, first of all, what have you been doing? Secondly, Eve, can you explain the story to the book to us? I can. Okay. Now, firstly, the book is old, not as old as me, um, or should I say a lot older than me, goodness me. It it was actually written, would you believe, back in 1900. Um, Now, my edition is 1960. And you would expect the story to be really old fashioned, but it is not. It feels 100% fresh. Um, And the story, which, as you say, most people have heard, is basically following Dorothy, um, who goes into a tornado up into the air and lands in the land of Oz. So it's a bit like kind of time travel in one respect. Um, But she ends up um, having to go on this fantastic journey through the land of Oz in order to get home. And along the way, she meets some fantastic friends, loads of danger. There's actually more danger in the book than in the film. So uh, yeah, it's it's quite a a crazy, exciting journey that she goes on. And which was your favourite? Was it Tin Man? Was it The Lion? Was it The Scarecrow? 
Oh, goodness. Oh, you have to love the lion. Um, and I think it probably flashes back to the film and the, the actual character of the lion in the film is just, you just want to hug him. He's just so gorgeous. And so, as he thinks, cowardly. But in fact, um, and this comes across more so in the book, when you think the cow that the lion is, is, is looking for courage, the scarecrow is looking for brains, and the tin man is looking for a heart. But throughout their story, throughout their journey, they actually prove that they have these things all along. So although the book was written um, in 1900 with, um, according to the writer, he was writing it solely to pleasure children. So there wasn't supposed to be a message in the book, but indeed there was. There was this lovely warm message that, you know, you might think you're missing something, but you do actually have it. And I think that's a lovely, a lovely little story to have. Well, you have encouraged me to, uh, next time I see the film on TV, maybe consider reading the book instead of it. Uh, so so thanks thanks so much for that description, Eve. Um, and what a lovely book to pick. Thank you so much for telling us all about it. You're very welcome. Thank you very much indeed. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much to Eve for sharing all of her book with us and for letting us find out about her favourite childhood book. We'll be back super soon with another author. So make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, read a book and have a great day. Bye. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.